Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Classroom Matters with me, your host, Christy Hool. And today, I am delighted to have Dave Cole um, on the podcast with us. Now, Dave has done everything from designing missile guidance systems to teaching college computer science classes and teaching and coaching elementary school math teams. One of the things that Dave has learned throughout these experiences is the effective method of telling stories to help students understand difficult concepts. From this talent, the Math Kids series was born. This book series isn't about teaching math, but the focus is on the story, which follows four elementary school students as they use their math skills to solve problems, get to the bottom of tricky mysteries, and to help their friends. They are brave, resourceful, and adventurous, and learn that working as a team allows them to do what they can't do alone. With the emphasis on STEM in classrooms around the country, The Math Kids is a great series for getting students interested in mathematics, the often overlooked M in STEM. Greetings, Dave. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so we're going to dive right in, Dave. So tell us, tell our audience a little bit first about your background, kind of what led you to working with with students in the area of math, and and obviously the math the math uh, series that you've written. Yeah, it probably all goes back to my kids. So um, uh, my kids, uh, my my oldest daughter and my youngest son were both uh, very interested in math, and there was a game called Equations. It's a big game in St. Louis. I don't know if it's across the country, but in St. Louis, it's a competitive game called Equations. They needed someone to help coach that team. And I said, I have a math degree somewhere in my background. I ought to be able to do that. Uh, so I started doing that. And I had one uh, provision that, that I made. It was through the gifted program at one of the, one of the local schools in St. Louis. And I said, I want it open for everybody, not just the gifted kids. So we ended up with 75 kids on that Equations team. And uh, it was a ball. And then I just kept doing that for years. And I did it at my daughter's school. And then long after my uh, son had grown out of that age, I went back and started uh, doing it again. And he ended up coaching some teams. So it's just been kind of uh, kind of fun. From that, we decided, hey, let's run a math camp in the summertime. Uh, and, and I said, I don't know. Are we going to get any kids to come to a math camp? We did. We got about 20 the first year. And by the third year, we just could not take any more kids. We were at 80 or 90 kids and just couldn't take any more just because of the physical space we were in. So uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun adventure. Well, it sounds like you've done a lot in the area of math and with students. And so, you know, you talked about a math camp and the minute that you said the math camp and you and you had just said, you know, I, you didn't know if you were going to get a lot of kids. My mind went to how did you get kids to a math camp? Because having two, um, well, three, three children in school, two in middle school, one in high school, if I uttered the words math camp to them, they would probably look at me like I had three heads. So I understand that you've got the kids there, but then what were the kinds of things that you were doing at these math camps that really intrigued the kids and engaged them to the point where they just kept coming back? Yeah, it's a great question because the first year, the very first question after introducing myself was, how many of you are here because you want to be here? How many of you are here because your parents made you? 100% parents made them. It was like, you know, there were science camps and things. Math was different. Um, so I said, so my job is to change your mind and that you would want to come back. 
Second year, we probably doubled the number of kids, probably two thirds of them wanted to be there. And by the third year, like I said, we started turning away kids because they were so excited. Kids were getting their friends to come in uh, and join. We had some kids that grew out of the program and wanted to come back as counselors and actually came back in and helped run the camp after that. So uh, it, it was all about treating kids like kids and it's summertime and I'm not going to have you sit down and do worksheets. So we did a lot of uh, fun things. We wanted to learn about economics, supply and demand. Uh, we could talk and draw curves and do all kinds of things and their eyes would, would gloss over. And instead we went out to the playground and some of the people were predators and some of the people were prey and, and there was a certain amount of food and we would reduce the amount of food and some of the animals would die because there wasn't enough food and some of the predators would die because there, there weren't enough animals for them to catch. Then we came back in and talked about it. And so what happened when we removed the food? And, and they got supply and demand, but they got it by playing a game of tag and, and running around. So you didn't have to beat them over the head with the math. It was really about, let's get the concept. And, and I don't want to do equations and things. I want you to understand the overall concept. I want you to have a reason to to want to go out and learn more math. And that was was kind of the goal. So we did a lot of things. We want to talk about probability. So we set up the casino and, and we had these kids making bets with, with money. And the ones who were taking the long shot bets were losing all their money. And the ones who played it more conservative and with the odds made money. And then we talked about it and we said, so why do you think you made more money? Well, I kept betting on double aces when I rolled the dice. I said, that doesn't happen very often. And then we, we looked at the numbers a little bit. Um, not everything worked. We built a catapult because we were going to shoot uh, water balloons and see how far we could go and measure distance. And it broke the very first kid that tried it. So then we had a water balloon fight. They probably thought it was a pretty good day. We didn't learn quite as much math, but that's okay. They were having fun. And I think that was, um, I, I think that was part of it. The other thing we did that was really successful is kids are very competitive and we made a lot of competitions. So we broke them into teams and they were solving math puzzles that we started every day like that and how quickly they could solve these puzzles and you had to do them as a as a team and and we were making up fake points as we went along and there weren't really any points but you know we had some teams and gave out some awards at the end and uh they just loved it they loved that you know really got them involved it, it sounds like it was a lot of fun and um i want to get into what sort of motivated you or pushed you to start writing the Math Kids series. I want to get in and talk about these books because like I was talking to you before we started recording, I have had the opportunity to read a couple of the first chapters of some of these books and they're really, really fun. They're really great to read. Um, so what really motivated you and started you on that writing process? Uh, too much time on my hand. So I had taken a job with Facebook in California uh, was considering moving my family to California, but I said, well, I want to try California out first. So left the family here, uh, my wife and my son, who's still at home, um, moved out to California, had an apartment. I commuted back and forth for a little bit, and I uh, I didn't come back every weekend because it was long flights and timing just didn't always work. So sometimes I'd have a free weekend on my hand. I actually thought about writing a book about how to run a math camp and just kind of documenting some of the stuff we did. But I realized that some of the stuff that really worked in math camp was was doing things around stories. So they don't see the math. It's more around the, the, the story around it. So I said, huh, instead of doing that, maybe I'll write a fiction story where kids solve mysteries using math. So I wrote a book. 
that was fun. Kind of put that away. Had a little bit more time. Wrote a second book. And uh, I was in the middle of the third book. Talked to a guy at work. And he said, you ought to try to get them published. And I said, hey, you know, I like to write. But I don't know that these are good enough to be published. Sent it to a publisher. And uh, they sent me a contract for the first three books. And then books four through uh, six. And then books seven through nine. And, and it's just grown from there. So it was almost an accidental became an accidental author. So are, is that something that you're still continually doing? Are you? Are there more books to come? Are you still writing or is the series wrapped up? Uh, nope. There are uh, five books out right now. Uh, the next one will be out. Book six will be out in April. Uh, that's already completed. It's gone through everything and pre-orders and everything else are, are ready. Uh, the next book will be out, book seven in October of 2022. Uh, that book is also completely done. I'm working on book eight now, which would be in April of 2023. And then I'll follow up that with book uh, nine, which would be October of 2023. And then we'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes from there. Uh, they've now been translated into six different languages. Um, it is the most popular book. On, there's a uh, reading program in India called Get Lit, kind of an online reading program. And uh, the math kit has been really, really popular in, in that program. Uh, they're, they're continually one of the top uh, books. I love going into reading kid reviews. They're the best. This book is so cool. 19 exclamation points. You know, you cannot get a better, better review than that. Yeah. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned the kids reviews, because when I was reading parts of these chapters, what stood out to me and what I really loved um, about these books, you know, coming from an elementary school background, just a public school background for 20 years, love of literature and books for kids is the characters in these books and the situations that's that are happening in these books are so relatable and they're really realistic situations that really do happen in school settings amongst students, their interactions with each other and, you know, how they they talk to each other and some of the things that they're doing in class. So talk to us a little bit about how you created these characters and how you're making these books so relatable to other students. I, I think because over the last 10, 15 years, whatever, I spent so much time with elementary school kids with these with these math teams and math camps and things like that. Um, I just listen and I kind of pick up their language and and some things like that. And uh, like all books, I think all authors, there's some some truth in in a lot of what is in your books, right? They're, they're characters that are in the back of your mind. It may have been a friend of yours growing up or maybe one of your own kids. Um, I mean, the three main characters in the book, I uh, started with three. Um, happen to be the same three names as my kids and and the bullies might happen to be my brother's names i don't know could be could be wrong but uh, uh so you just kind of kind of relate to to that and um i you know kind of kind of go from there in book uh five uh it tells a story one of the backgrounds of the story was uh, a, a court case and it was i actually sat on a jury and it was about a motorcycle and a van that ran them off the road. And, and I had all the police reports and everything. And I, and I did the math. And there was no way it could have happened like, like the, the witness said it could happen because they could not have gone to those speeds and been at those spots. And I actually argued this in the jury room, drawing charts. And I did not convince very many people, but uh, I actually used that as the basis of, of that book as one of the plot lines in that, that book is actually kind of a true story. 
So, so for everybody that's listening right now, I want to tell all of our teachers um, and all of our homeschool parents that as you read these books, you are going to be shaking your head like I was going, yep, yep. That's, that's absolutely how these kids would be talking. That's absolutely how these kids would be acting. Um, this is exactly what would be happening if I were in a classroom with these students. So um, I love the books. I think they're great, what I've read of them so far. And so let's let's kind of talk a little bit about um, the, re, the reality of math right now with kids, because, you know, math is that thing. It's kind of always been that thing, right? And you always hear people say, oh, I'm not a math person. I'm not a math. Math's not my thing. It's really difficult for a lot of folks. And I think that what we see is statistically, you have kids in elementary school that can thrive and seem to do really well in math and they hit middle school and it just kind of starts to go downhill from there. Um, and then sometimes what happens is that is the make it or break it for when they go into high school. Um, and so what do you think? think is really that challenge or that barrier or some of those obstacles that kids face transitioning from elementary school to middle school math, where we lose so many kids um, really enjoying and wanting to engage in math. And they kind of look at it as this thing that they just have to do, that they don't want to do, but that they have to do. So what do you think the challenges are? And what do you think are some things that we can do to kind of get past some of that? I, I think there's a couple things. I think that uh, part of it is kids have trouble seeing the application, because you get to a point where you start going from kind of concrete math, you know, two plus four is equal to six, and you get into algebra, and now you have X's and Y's, and and trying to understand, I, I still run into people, well, I haven't used algebra since, you know, the day I quit doing algebra. In reality, you you probably do some of those skills all the time, right? But but you don't see that. And and I think that's where we struggle a little bit in the classroom is getting kids to understand the practicality of, of math and, and how to use it. So so things like if you have a kid that's really interested in, in sports, um, start having them calculate out averages and, and where do you think the final season records would be and things like that. And they start saying, oh, I could actually use this to do something productive. Or if you have somebody that's uh, a big shopper, or if you're taking your kids to the grocery store, which of these is a better deal? The 12 rolls of toilet paper for this amount or, you know, 10 rolls for this amount kind of thing, just so they can kind of kind of see that that application. The other thing that I really struggle with is um, I'm big on mental math and just having a sense of numbers. Uh, and I'll give you an example. One of my neighbors came over and he said, uh, so my son Brad is really struggling with trigonometry. And I went, oh, gosh, I hated trigonometry. It was not one of my favorites. I, I knew it was a necessary evil, but I had to, you know, I said, I'll be happy to help. So he comes over and he brings me his last test that he, that he had failed. And uh, Brad was in the gifted program, very bright guy. And I said, well, let's go through this. And we're going through and problem after problem. He nailed it. But then he got about halfway through the test, no answers for the rest of it. He goes, I ran out of time. I said, okay, well, let's figure out how we can speed up what you're doing. And uh, he started, he said, uh, one of the problems was it's a 90 degree angle and it's bisected. So cut in half. Uh, and I said, okay, so what's that angle? And he got a calculator out. He said, 90 divided. I said, Brad, what is 90 divided by two? He said, 45. I said, put your calculator down. And he goes, well, I want to make sure. I said, are you not sure? And he goes, oh, no, I'm sure it's 45. I said, then put the calculator down. And he went through that test and and was just zipping through answers. He knew how to do everything. He was unsure of himself. So he was using the calculator as, as kind of a, a crutch. And 
he got A's and B's on the rest of his test semester. So that's all I did. I told him put down a calculator, um, which I think is is important. I think we use that as a as a crutch. I see adults use them all the time because we always have a calculator with us now on our phone. So the the other thing I would add is I don't think we have kids see the wonder of of math. To me, math is about patterns, and I look at I look at things like you know you go out into nature and and flowers will have a certain number of petals that happen to fit the numbers in a in a series called the Fibonacci series, and you can teach that to I teach that to second graders and third graders this this series, which is very easy to see, and they are in amazement that. That wow, there's some math that's out in nature and in art and in in all kinds of things. We teach them about Pascal's triangle. Uh, you know, we don't get into the intricacies, but they see the patterns in there. And then all of a sudden, math is cool. I was doing math camp one time, and I had one kid that was not quite into it. We're about four days in. I'm really worried. I'm kind of shattering this kid, trying to get him excited. And we did Mobius strips one day, which is just paper. You fold it, and we cut them in half. And you would think you would end up with two strips, uh, with two halves, but you end up with just one half, one loop. And and I said, but what happens if I fold that over twice? And then you ended up with two loops that were interlocking. And and he looked at me and he said, mind blown. And and then he spent the next two hours just making these different shapes and cutting them. And he just saw he didn't understand the math behind it, and that's okay. But what he understood was there is some cool stuff in math that he hasn't learned yet. I have an incentive to learn more math. Do you think that, so, you know, I'm going back to what you, what you said, one of the things that you said about this young man that you were helping with trigonometry and how he told you that he ran out of time. Do you think that that's one of the challenges in our educational system, in a public school system, is that they are only given, you know, 50 minutes a day to understand a specific con- concept? And do you think that teachers are sort of under the gun? You know, because I'm sure teachers are listening to this going, yeah, that sounds great, Dave, math camp and all these fun math games and all this fun, you know, math stuff, but I don't have time. I have, you know, 25 students and I've got to teach, you know, algebraic equations in a week. So it is what it is. So what do you see that as being sort of maybe one of the challenges where we lose kids? Because we're kind of, I mean, we're kind of trying to shove a lot of math down their throats in a very short amount of time. And it's like, you get it or you don't get it. And then we might have to move on. So do you think that's part of the problem? And what are some small things that educators can do. And then I do want to get into, and this might be part of your answer is, you know, we're teaching in a pandemic and this is our new norm, you know, and my students have been in school, out of school, remote, hybrid, in school, out of school. I mean, they're, they're in their home right now. They're remote, hundred percent remote um, because our district, our numbers are spiked, you know, teachers are out, they don't have enough staff. So my, my child has been home for three weeks. And who knows, he might go back next week, he might not. So how how do we get past the barriers and obstacles of teaching math remotely to kids, sometimes in the classroom, sometimes out of the classroom? I know that's a lot, Dave, but what can you talk to us about that? Yeah, that's tough because I think there's a couple of a couple of key things. One is is keeping the energy up and working remotely at my job. It's tough. It's tough to keep my energy up in front of a computer screen all day long. And all of my meetings and, and things like that are all remote now. And um, I, you know, I'm like, like most people, I kind of have my ups and downs on uh, some days I feel very energetic and other days it's like, I cannot take another meeting on Zoom or, or whatever. 
Um, so keeping that energy up is is tough. So it, I feel like there's almost got to be some breaks inside there where, okay, now I want you to go off and not look at the screen for a while and do this and then come back and, and you know, kind of space that out a little bit. The other thing is, is keeping everybody engaged because if you're in a classroom or you're in a group of people, you can see eyes wander and you can see fidgeting and you can see that really tough to do on uh, remote and, and keeping people engaged. And, um, you know, I, I noticed that even in person when we first started the math camp, it was primarily boys because apparently girls can't do math. And I said, well, we're going to change that. And so I really put out uh, and really made an effort. And I talked to teachers. I said, you know, I want to get girls at this math camp. So we went from, I think, three girls the first year to, you know, seven or eight the second year. We were about at 50-50 by the time we, we got to the end of that. And that was reaching out and seeing that we weren't getting engagement uh, across the board. It is hard. Like you said, the, the engagement, you know, and I know some of the remote kiddos, they don't even have their cameras on. So, you know, I think it's a it's it's a bad situation for both students and teachers. You know, teachers are doing the best that they can with what they've been given. Um, it's really difficult to teach math, I believe, remotely when you're not in the room with a person and you're able to sit and work through problems and explain things um, when students don't understand them. But I know that students are doing the best they can. Teachers are doing the best they can. You know, and all we can hope for is that we just keep that trajectory moving forward with math. I absolutely love the math series that you've created. Um, and so tell our listeners as we wrap up where they can get copies of your, uh, the Math Kids series, um, where they can find you, where they can connect with you um, if they have questions or just want to make a connection. Yeah, I probably the best place is uh, through the website. You can order them through Amazon and Barnes and Noble. They're a little bit hit, hit and miss at the stores. Some stores have them, some don't, but always available uh, online. So the website is themathkids.com. So pretty pretty easy. You can read first chapter of every book. You can read reviews. You can order directly from there uh, through Amazon. You can get teacher's guides. So there are teacher's guides for all of the books as well with with good activities for teachers. And you can contact me through there as well. And I'll always, always respond. I love hearing from uh, from people and people have said, hey, I've got this student, this or that. And what do you recommend? And uh, certainly I'll try, you know, some different things to make some, some recommendations because math is not a one size fits all thing. It really is, um, I, you know, you, you, I can teach the same concept to two people and I will teach it completely different based on how they're grasping it. So um, I always try to have two or three different ways of teaching any concept because you got to find the one that that fits for the particular kid. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being uh, with us today. Um, really appreciate your time and all of the exciting things that we talked about with math. Hopefully uh, everyone listening has, I, I have, I've, I've already got a couple of new little fun things I want to do with my kids that you just talked about. I'm like, oh, I was taking notes. So that sounds like a fun activity. So I appreciate it. It was great having you. Um, you'll have to stay in touch with us and let, let us know how things are going when your other books come out. And I look forward to uh, getting copies of those and, and uh, spreading the word about your book series. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. And this is Christy Hool signing out for this episode of the Classroom Matters podcast. And don't forget to check out all of our great resources on the educate.today website.